Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Going great. It's going great. I'm actually, you know, most years we kind of rush through the Jaguars. I'm excited to talk Jaguars football this year. So it's going it's going nicely. Yeah, well, I mean, look, what a difference a year makes. In, in mm-hmm. 2021, the Jaguars suffered through one of the worst and most embarrassing coaching tenures in NFL history. And then last year, they started slow. They were three and seven. And then... Trevor Lawrence developed into a legit NFL quarterback. The Jags snuck into the playoffs the final week. They orchestrate one of the biggest comebacks in NFL history. They head to Kansas City, where a playoff loss is nothing to be embarrassed about. And now, you know, especially with the the Titans, as we've already discussed, seemingly at the end of the Tannehill-Henry run, the Jags could be in a position to control this division for the foreseeable future. And I think that given the fact that they look like they are in a beginning of, of a record of competition that they really haven't been, you know, maybe since the Mark Brunel days in certain in terms of consistency year over year, because, you know, they, they, they had a moment with Blake Bortles, but it was just a moment. Um, we decided we had to up our game with our Jaguars guest. And so, you know, I'm not sure if there's anyone who we could get with more gravitas and legitimacy when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then our guest today, Sam Cuveris, he is, um, he had a 42 year TV career as the sports news anchor first in Charleston, South Carolina, but more importantly for today in Jacksonville, he is the, uh, pro football hall of fame voter for the Jacksonville, North Florida region. And he was recently, I think just the 25th person in history to receive the master's major achievement award from Augusta national Sam, welcome to the podcast. Does that mean that you can bring a Kiva and I as guests to play? Um, uh, <laughs> sure. Is that uh-huh. how it works? Take a number and get in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 happens a lot. That was a yeah. that was a much bigger deal than I expected it to be, and it was I'm, I'm incredibly humbled actually. Uh, any list you can be on that includes Dan Jenkins as a journalist, that's a pretty darn good list. So I was happy about that. All right, so let's j- jump right into the Jaguars uh, because you know, I, as I just mentioned, you know, obviously tons of reasons for optimism. The one sort of moment of pause, I think, from my perspective, is. That, you know, as we know, the the sort of the, the way that the NFL structure today is teams really want to compete when they have that elite quarterback still on the rookie deal before they have to go give him, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year. And from that perspective, this offseason was was a bit disappointing. Um, the Jaguars, you know, they added Calvin Ridley. They traded from last year, but he's essentially a new ad this year. But other than that, I, it looks like they almost lost more than they gained in terms of personnel. Jawan Taylor, the right tackle, goes to the Chiefs. Edge Arden Key goes to the division rival Tennessee. 
the draft not really that highly regarded. The biggest free agent acquisition was a kicker. And part of the reason for this, of course, is because they spent a boatload on free agents the previous year. I think they spent over a quarter billion dollars in terms of the value of contracts signed. But um, is the argument in favor of further improvement this year, basically, that the, the Jaguars are going to develop Lawrence and the existing core? Or are there critical new pieces they have added this offseason that I'm missing? Well, I, I think it's a legitimate question because, uh, you know, can Harrison play right away? I mean, I think that's a that's a good question. I mean, they drafted him first. Um, and uh, right now, Cam Robinson's not playing. So they got to move somebody over to that left tackle spot. Um, you know, so the, the, I think that that's the question. And if, and if Harrison could play as a first round pick, and they certainly think that this guy is the size and the agility to, to play, maybe even left tackle at some point, um, then, then everything's fine because at the wider seat, they knew they were getting Ridley. So they, they just basically, you know, put Zay Jones in there with Ridley, Ridley, and, and they've got a receiving core that they're happy with really concentrated on getting Ingram under contract uh, because in, in this league these days, look at look at all the teams that win. What do you got? An elite quarterback, which I think the Jaguars have. I mean, you're right. Um, they were under that buffoon Urban Meyer. And, <laughs> and that was just a, you know, as I mean, it was just the dumbest. Of course, I covered him. I, I mean, I've known the guy for like now 20 years. I mean, I covered him 17 years at Florida and then at Ohio State. And he's always the same. He has one motivational technique, and that's intimidation. And that doesn't cut it with professional players. I mean, guys were literally walking out of the facility. He walked into the receiver's room and said, you guys don't play better. I'm firing that guy. And they pointed at the, uh, pointed at the coach and said, and, said uh, and by the way, if you guys don't play better, I'll cut you. And you know what you'll be doing? Driving trucks. Huh. <laughs> so... <laughs> One they of the called their agents and said, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> one of the receivers got up, walked out of the facility and was walking down the street. They had to go get the, the director of security to go kind of convince him to come back to the facility. And Meyer eventually, you know, never apologizes because he's never wrong. But, you know, the guy just was a bad fit. I told Shad that when he went to hire him. And then, you know, during his tenure, I mean, the funny thing, I, I after my television career, I was a columnist for the paper for three years. And I wrote a column that Sunday and I was like, Meyer's got to go. He's a jerk. He's a bad guy. And he's not a very good coach in terms of professional. So he's got to go. Trevor showed the kind of moxie he has because that didn't destroy him. Because mm -hmm. it could as a, as a, as a rookie coming into the league and yeah, and you get in this total disarray and he actually showed some leadership at, at one point. And, and I don't know if you remember the, the whole James Robinson thing. He, he went to Meyer on the sidelines because Meyer had said and then lied about it, you know, get Robinson out of the game when he fumbled on the second play of the game. So he wouldn't let him play. And Trevor went to him and said, you got to put this guy in the game. He's our best player at the time. And so he showed some leadership. The next year, of course, they get Doug Peterson, who could not be a more perfect fit for Trevor Lawrence and the, the age of the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars right now are the third or fourth youngest team in the league. So what do you need to win? You need an elite quarterback. You need a tight end. Look at all the teams, you know, whether it's whether it's Kelsey or or anybody else out there. You need a tight end who can who can catch and play and and create matchup problems. You need a guy who can take the top off the defense, which they have in Ridley. Of course, um, ATN is kind of a bonus back there. He can catch it and he can also run it. Um, 
And you need, uh, and as I mentioned before, the offensive line needs to make sure that they are solid. And the one thing the Jaguars think that they have is a front four on defense that can put pressure on the quarterback without having to use the linebackers. And that, look look back to those Giants teams under Tom Coughlin that won the Super Bowl. How did they beat Tom Brady? With four guys putting pressure on the quarterback. And that, I think, that's the only way you win in the AFC. Four guys pressuring Pat Mahomes, you know. And as you mentioned, the, the division certainly is wide open with two rookie quarterbacks and Tannehill showing the inability to stay healthy for a whole year. Yeah, it is yeah, interesting. You you mentioned um, you mentioned being able to rush the passer. I think to me, if we're going to talk about are the Jaguars a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and mm-hmm. think about that sentence for a second, I do think the question because we I, I we we all expect Lawrence's improvement, and we know they have a solid receiving core, and like you said, Evan Ingram's a well above average tight end. The line is fine, and ETN and they drafted a rookie Tank's big Tank big, but also they're totally fine. Really, they don't have any holes on offense. I'm not sure that they can get to the passer with four or even with five. I'm not saying they can't. Uh, I, to me, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I do want your opinion. People aren't really talking about him as much this year, but the number one pick, Trayvon Walker, had a so-so first year. What are the reports on Walker? Are people still and, and it's not it's not a... just that, Akiva. It's Aiden Hutchinson went number two behind him. For sure. And- yeah, he had three sacks in his second career game. Yeah, Walker had three and a half sacks I, the whole I year. I think if you put if you put Hutchinson on this team, I mean, they'd be frightening. But that doesn't mean that I'm down on Walker. But I am curious, Sam, what your sort of take going into year two on Trayvon Walker is. So the difference between Walker and Hutchinson last year was uh, Hutchinson went into a defense that was almost exactly like the one that he was playing in college and put his hand down and basically one-on-one against the tackle and try to get to the quarterback or set the edge Walker. They tried for about the first half of the year to play him in a stand-up position. And so when the play came his way, he's such a talented and powerful player. He made the play, but if they tried to confuse him, they did. And if they went the other way, he wasn't sure what to do. Second half of the year, they figured that out. He played the second half of the year with his hand in the dirt. And that is a, that is a key thing for him. And he even said, during training camp, I'm so much more comfortable than I was last year because I know the position from this three-point stance that that they want me to play in, and I know how to play from that. So, and as we've all said, the quantum leap from year one to year two usually happens for these first-round picks. So you hope that he develops at the level. I mean, what do you have? Five and a half sacks last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you saw him. The guy is unbelievably powerful. I mean, he picked up Derrick Henry and threw him on the ground like a rag doll in a one game. So, which nobody has done. So uh, I just think that, that his development is maybe one of the absolute key things for the Jaguars. They also re-signed who Roy Robertson Harris, they re-signed him. And then nobody ever talks about Josh Allen. I mean, here's a guy who was a number one pick. I think he was the seventh pick overall. He's been good, not great. He's not huge. I think he's 6'3", 250, maybe 245. And you know, what are their expectations for him this year? I think he's in his contract year. I mean, is, is this yeah. the year that he steps up and finally shows that Pro Bowl potential that you you see that when you watch him practice? You're like, holy smokes, this guy can move, he can bend, he can get around the corner. It hasn't happened in games. And, and the Jaguars are expecting both of those guys on the outside to make a difference. Yeah, I agree. You probably we'll, we'll need come both back to, of them. To, we'll come back to the yeah. defense, Akiva. Um, mm-hmm. I want to go back to the quarterback for a second. But I, I do want to say, I actually, I disagree with you a little bit, Akiva. I think 
they they certainly have questions on the defense, but I'm not so concerned about the pass rush. Yes, um, they were 28th in sack rate last year. Yes, Arden Key is gone. No one on this team had more than seven sacks last year, but they were actually eighth in pressure rate. And so they were getting to the quarterback last year. They just weren't putting him on the ground. And as we know, um, pressure rate tends to correlate year over year much more than sacks do. Because And so I think they're getting to the quarterback. They're just, you know, they, they weren't getting sacks, but they are getting there. And I think in Allen and Walker, they do have the talent there. But let's go back to the quarterback for one second, because that, that really is the headline here. I mean, in the last nine games of the 2022 season, Trevor Lawrence had a 70% completion percentage, a 15 to two touchdown to interception ratio, 105 passer rating. I mean, like that's the Joe Burrow trajectory. And uh, we know, you know, how quickly Burrow got to a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I said this last week on our quarterback rankings podcast, but like, I think this is the year that he establishes himself as a future Hall of Fame type quarterback. And I mean, that's that's a big deal. Like no Jacksonville Jaguar has ever received an NFL MVP vote in the nine years we've been doing this Akiva. You know, we do our quarterback rankings every year. We have never ranked until this year a Jaguars quarterback, even in the top half, let alone this year. We have uh, Lawrence already in the top eight. And I actually want, you know, we we made our, our bets last year and one of our, our long shot bets before the season was Tua for MVP at 60 to one, which was looking pretty mm-hmm. good until the concussions. I was thinking about Lawrence. The problem is now he's all the way down to 15 or 16 to one. Numbers so too not, low. Yeah, it's, it's too low. But like, here's my argument in favor of that bet. Um, the award almost always goes to a quarterback whose team wins a dozen games. And given how much easier the Jaguars division and schedule is than the other teams in the AFC divisions, like you could argue that the Jaguars have as good a chance to win a dozen games as any. So, I mean, do I think he's better than Mahomes? Of course not. Do I think he's better than Josh Allen yet or Justin Herbert or some of those guys? No, but. I think that he's probably uh, a safer bet to, to be, I mean, you could see a scenario where those teams struggling to get nine, 10, 11 wins because their schedule. And then they're not, they're just not gonna get an MVP. So what would you think about us putting a bet there? Or you just think the odds are, are not strong enough at this point? No, I, I think that, well, I don't think the odds are very good because I think he's got a good shot at it. The problem is the Jaguar schedule is not easy because of, because they ended up winning the division last year. Yeah. So well, it's harder than their opponent's schedules in the division, but it's, yeah. but it's easy compared to, you know, the teams in the AFC East or the AFC North. Well, that's true because they do get those teams in the division and yeah, you know, two teams with rookie quarterbacks and that, and that's something that the Jaguars drafted for. I mean, you you know, I look back all the way back to like, what year was that? 2010 or 2009, the Jaguars drafted Tyson Alu Alu with the first Mm -hmm. pick out of Cal and everybody was shocked. Much maligned Tyson Alu Alu. Right. Well, that guy, he's still playing for the Steelers, right? I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I think, if it, you know, the reason that they drafted him is because Peyton Manning was in their division and Peyton Manning is only disrupted with somebody in his face. So they drafted a defensive tackle that they thought could pressure the quarterback in the middle and disrupt him a little bit. And that's that was why they started to have a little bit of success there, because they drafted him specifically for a job in that division for two games a year that they knew they were going to have to, you know, win or be very competitive in. And so the Jaguars this year, they think that with the rookie quarterbacks that, that are there who are more mobile quarterbacks than drop back kind of guys that they feel like defensively, they can do that. In terms of Trevor Lawrence, I got no problems with Trevor. He is such a good guy. He is so grounded. He is in the right situation with a quarterback as his head coach who understands the ups and downs. You mentioned the beginning of the year last year. You know, they started two and one last year, and then they lost five straight. <clears throat> and, and Trevor said this yesterday. 
uh, he just said, hey, after every game, Doug was the same. After the fifth loss, he was the same. He just said, you know, we keep doing it. It's going to happen. Just keep doing it. He said, and he turned out to be right, and we believed it. You know, and and in that San Diego or that 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 uh, Chargers game, you know, I mean, he he clearly out, outplayed Josh Allen. I mean, that might have been a, a head coaching issue on the other on the other sideline, but but he 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 really showed his moxie in that game. Big bright lights, prime time, only game on, everybody watching, and they're down twenty eight nothing, and all of a sudden, right at the end of the half, they score. I turned to the guy next to me in the press box, and I said. They're in it. He goes, you're crazy. This is over. I said, I'm telling you, they get the ball. That's something you can see the confidence grow. And that's exactly where I think Trevor is. I went to practice yesterday. I mean, the ball sings out of his hand now. It's He's got better mechanics. And, you know, that's the only thing I always thought about, you know, throwing the out, throwing that, that quick uh, dart slant in. I mean, he's always been able to throw the deep ball. But I mean, that ball just sings out of his hand. And at 6'6", he can see it. He doesn't have to turn his head. He doesn't have to turn his body. He doesn't have to look over anybody. He just stands there and he can see it. And you look at those quarterbacks outside of Mahomes that you mentioned, Josh Allen, you know, huge guy who can see over the offensive line. Trevor, um, uh, you mentioned um, the guy the guy with the, uh, with the Chargers. Uh, I, I just think that there's, there's a lot out there that um, – that that Trevor hasn't shown yet. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If I said by the after the end of the season, Trevor Lawrence will be considered the blank best quarterback in the NFL. What would you say? At the end of this year, he will be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not that far away now. I think we ranked him right. eight. I think we had him eight. You know, yeah. Yeah, Other I mean, people. I, I, it, I mean, you can't, I mean, it, and quarterbacks are judged on wins. So, you know, he's got to win 10 or 11 games. Last year, they won nine, right? And, and this year, you know, he's just got to win more games. He's got to show that he's got that moxie to do it in crunch time that he, that he showed last year. And of course, he's got to stay healthy. And I think, I think you can easily look at him and go, all right, there's Patrick Mahomes, you know, there's, um, you know, you start looking around where where do where do all these other guys uh, come from? Baltimore, the the, uh, the Chargers, the Bills, the Chiefs, uh, Bengals, Bengals. Obviously, yeah. that's it. By the way, we have Akiva. We have Lawrence tied with Aaron Rodgers at seven behind the six behind the uh, six oh, guys wow. that Sam just mentioned. Yeah. 
but you can't. And everyone, everyone's in the AFC. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Kirk Cousins. I mean, there, there's a guy who gets zero respect, right? Yeah. And, well, Alex is a Vikings fan, Sam, so he respects him. Okay, but he, you know, <laughs> he there's a guy that that you could say, gee, if Trevor Lawrence played as well as Kirk Coven, Cousins has in the sustainability in his career, Jaguars are probably going to win a lot of games. Yeah, let's talk about Calvin Ridley for a second. Uh, in 2020, he put up, uh, you know, Pro Bowl numbers uh, in Atlanta. The, my, the, the concern is, you know, that was a full three seasons ago. And the track record of receivers coming back after missing much time isn't so great. You know, there's Josh Gordon, there's Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously, you know, different reasons for absences for each of these guys. Balls. Total goofballs. Yeah. Right. And and so I guess, you know, look, Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram, although I think they're both overpaid, both fine. Zay Jones is solid, too. But Ridley is the only guy who has the op- opportunity to really uh, emerge as a superstar, I think, there. Uh, Akiva, guess how old Calvin Ridley is? Oh, good question. I, he's pretty young. I'm going to guess 26. He's 28. It surprised me he's that old already. Okay. All right. But yeah, so I guess so my question is, is there a concern? Because again, the ceiling is higher with him than with Kirk or with Engram or with Jones. But is there a concern that because he's been away from the game for so long? I mean, we saw Deshaun Watson last year, obviously totally different position, different circumstances, but it's hard to come back and immediately plug into sort of your, your uh, apex level like, uh, right away. Except that he's known that he was going to be on the Jaguars. He studied the offense. He stayed in great shape. He's one of these guys when, I mean, when you talk to him, he's got an unbelievable attitude. He's not a me guy at all like some of the other guys that you mentioned. He's a he's a team guy. And I'm telling you, when, you know, you guys have, have seen guys work out, when this guy takes off from the line of scrimmage and breaks in and out of his out of his cuts, it it look it just looks different. I mean, he's got unbelievable natural talent and again, you know, staying healthy, but you know, totally different position than than a lot of these other guys who have been away from the game. I just think that he's going to have an immediate impact with the Jaguars. And you know, Zay Jones is is a a sneaky fast player. So you got two guys on the outside there, and maybe maybe slide him into the slot occasionally. That really can create matchup problems back there. All right, and he's deleted uh, DraftKings and FanDuel from his phone. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, just, yeah, last year that was brutal. a, a just brutal, Alex. That's all. Yeah. Brutal. Um, you know, I don't. I, I, I haven't I, asked I, him that, by the way. Yeah, okay. Maybe I, should ask. I don't think you should. That yeah, would go over big. Yeah. <laughs> I um. I mean, I hated the uh, the Etienne pick as a first rounder, but um, you know, he obviously can be a playmaker. I, I do like the the Bigsby addition, though. Uh, Tank Bigsby, by the way, such a fantastic football name. I think Tank Bigsby. Um, because the Jaguars uh, have a Tank and a Snoop in the backfield. Mm, mm. I like Snoop also. Yeah. Etienne really struggled last year in short yardage and goal line situations. And so I think that's probably where we'll see a little bit of the tank. Also, Dearness Johnson, who plugged in very ably for the Browns when Chubb and Hunt were hurt. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Jaguars were only 25th in rushing EPA per carry last year, which I think is a little bit about. Yeah, Etienne can hit the home run, but not as consistent. Uh, So do you think like if you were sort of guessing the the snap percentage breakdown between these guys, where would you put it? Well, ATN, I think, is going to get 60%, 65% of the snaps because he is such a threat to catch the ball out of the in space out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they also they've got a lot of just watching practice the other day. They got a lot of RPOs in there that, you know, really create some space on the edges that he can really work in. But you're right. I mean, when you see this guy, you're like, this guy's running back in the NFL. I mean, seemed, he's not big enough. So running between the tackles. There's got to be a hole there because somebody's going to come out of nowhere and and put him on the ground quickly. So, yeah, I mean, short yardage, 
uh, you'll see a lot of quarterback sneaks and um, you'll probably see a lot of tank uh, in the backfield. That's a good segue to the offensive line. The skill position guys, especially if Ridley get, comes back to form, really not a lot of questions for Jacksonville. But the biggest hole on offense, definitely the line, which, which by the way, is true for so many teams. I don't know. Are you watching Hard Knocks with the Jets this year? Um, I try not to. But, okay. Because uh, Ro- Robert Sala really just, um, and Akiva, I know you're watching, you're a Jets fan. The way that he singled out the Jets O-line on camera and told them that they were responsible for the whole, he's like, our quarterback's right. great, our receivers are great, our running backs are great, you guys suck. Right. You I was kind of, yeah. I, read, I did read about that. Yeah, and I mean, listen. You know, I know him. We, for know a lot him of teams. Pretty, we know him pretty well. You know, Sala was the linebackers coach here yeah. uh, for like three years. And uh, he was one of those guys. And and at the time I was, I was on the TV station that they had the, they had the partnership so you really got to talk to the assistants. And every time you talk to that guy, when he would leave the room, you turn and you go, that guy's going to be a head coach. And of course, shortly thereafter that, he was the D coordinator out there in San Francisco. And then obviously the head coach. He is a he is a, a formidable presence. I mean, and and he if anybody can make the Jets relative right now, it's him. I'll give him. But the Jaguars offensive line is the question mark, as I mentioned. They got Robinson out for four games with the suspension. You know, uh, they're they're hoping that Ben Bars can can play. Uh, they're hoping that Harris he, was, he was not very good last year. You know, but you know how many different positions did they ask him to play? I mean, he's a big guy who didn't play any football for a while because of COVID and and you know a couple of other uh, injury. So you know, all of a sudden they bring these guys, put them in there, and now that they've been in there for a while, uh, don't be surprised if it kind of coagulates pretty well up front and how's Harrison the rookie looking at right tackle they got him penciled as as the starter I mean you know so is he going to be right tackle and Walker little left tackle is that the plan exactly and they're okay Walker Little's over there at left now they both might be out of position who knows and we won't know till four games in or five games in when Cam Robinson is eligible to play again but um you know they're running around in their underwear out there, you know, in their pajamas, you know, and this yesterday and today they're in Detroit and they're hitting and, and they, and they feel pretty good about, about what's happening there. But, you know, in terms of size and technique and footwork, hard, hard to not see that uh, Harrison can, can get the job done at that right tackle. I don't know if he'd be ready to step in and play left tackle right away. Um, Let's, let's jump to the defense. Um, you know, as we said, the, the defense is really where they struggled last year, 26th in DVOA, and they didn't really make any significant additions. Um, they also didn't draft. I mean, they didn't draft a defensive player until the fourth round. How long a leash will defense coordinator Mike Caldwell have if this defense struggles? Well, I I thought last year that that he might be in trouble, but um, clearly Even in year one. Wow. Yeah, and clearly. I mean, Doug Peterson must like him a lot. And um they're expecting, you know, as I mentioned, Allen to play good. They're expecting Walker to step up. They, they gave Roy Robertson Harris a bunch of money. They're expecting him to have a significant impact. Olakun is the most active player I maybe I've ever seen in my career. Yeah, he's leading tackles basically every year, right? Every year. I mean, the guy's everywhere. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's great in run defense for sure. And he's all over the place. So, yeah. you know, um, they they think they have, and when you look at their defensive backfield, it's a significant upgrade over what they've had in the last four or five years. They got guys who can who can cover, and they they've got guys who um, 
who can hit. And that, and that's not always the case, you know, with guys in that back four. A lot of guys don't want to hit from back there. Bill Barnwell pointed out the, the biggest question on this defense is the pass coverage in the middle of the field. They gave up the second most receptions between the hash marks last year. They had the worst defense in the league against tight ends, uh, a 92 QBR against 9.6 yards per attempt, worse than the NFL in the last five years, actually. And that was in the regular season. In the playoffs, of course, Travis Kelsey had 14 catches and two touchdowns in that elimination game. And so I guess like the question is, because, uh, you know, we talked about Olakun, you know, he's all over the place, great in run defense. Who, which of these linebackers is going to improve in terms of coverage of tight ends? Uh, Devin Lloyd, the first round pick last year, struggled so much that he got benched. Back in the lineup, by the way, mm-hmm. apparently took that benching to heart and um, uh, back in back in the lineup. Um, they, uh, um, God, the guy's name escapes me. He wears um, forty nine. He Chad Muma um, came in, and he is a he he is a hustle guy. Who yeah. uh, who can who can stop the run, and you know he'll light some guys up over the middle when they go when they go across the middle. But I think that's the that's the question. And in that Kansas City game last year, you figured all right they're going to one of two things: they're going to let Kelsey catch fourteen balls and shut everybody else down, or they're going to try to shut him down and make make Pat go elsewhere. Clearly, Kelsey was too wily for them, and and they got the they he got the job done. But you know the Jaguars were in that game all the way till the end. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like they got blown out, you know, so even in a loss, they gained a lot of confidence by uh, by doing that. I would. Yeah, I would think that that probably, you know, really lifted them to, you know, this year. I'm sure they're coming in thinking, wow, we were almost as good as uh, the team that won the Super Bowl. Right. I think for sure that that probably works. Is there a young player? We're talking defense, but you could be off into defense, a young player. And, uh, you know, I'd say first three years, but not the really obvious one like a Trevor Lawrence or a, or an ETN. Uh, who you're, you know, who you think might have a breakout season? Somebody uh, who was drafted 2021 or later on this team. Man, let me think for a second. I mean, I, I love the way you structure that question, Akiva, because if you look yeah. at the drafts the last three years, other than obviously uh, Lawrence, the, the 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 Jaguars drafts, you know, results have not been great the last three years. Um, and this, but, year they they're, but they're so young, like Sam said, yeah. right? They, they have. The, the majority of their team are guys on their rookie deal. Yeah. Uh, really almost everybody. It's crazy. They don't have a lot of older veteran players. Um, yeah. So. I mean, they took eight guys in the final three rounds, which is a lot of bites of the apple. So, yeah, I mean, so yeah, who, who among these rookies or second year guys, like who's going to break out? I like that question. I have a guess if you don't, if you don't uh, have anybody. No, go ahead. I mean, uh, uh, I, there's a yeah. couple guys on the team. I, I think you should pay attention to, but they're not necessarily real young guys, but tell me who, what do you think? The one person I've seen good reports about is Cisco, the free safety. I think people think he he might end up being a good player. Right, so he qualifies inside that because he's I guess he's third year, so he's yeah. just on the cutoff. Because okay. that's who I was gonna say. Because there's a guy oh, okay. who was also who who was um big ball hawk in college, um, isn't afraid to hit at the line of scrimmage, and you know, had some injury problems, which you know, Trent Balky has a has a history as a general manager of taking guys who are hurt in college and expecting them to develop as professionals. And in, and in San Francisco, he didn't, it didn't pan out for him very well, but in Jacksonville, he's done that. And Cisco is one of those players that looks like he is going to be a stalwart on defense. And that, that would have been the guy that I, that I mentioned, you know, don't fall asleep on Jamal Agnew, by the way. I mean, I know he's been around for a while, but this guy, uh, he is so popular. They love giving him the football. 
obviously special teams has a lot to do with it, but man, I mean, they get the ball in his hands on offense, things happen. So there's a lot of different things that they can do back there. And the one thing that you notice when you see the Jaguars practice is their speed. They have speed everywhere. And that's one of the things you need to compete in the league. Yeah, I do think it's a conscious thing. Like we said, a young team, you're right. They do. They, they seem to draft guys who can fly. You, you look at all the guys that drafted, they're generally guys who crush the 40 and things like that. So I, I agree, and especially you're, when you're competing against some, you know, the Kansas cities and Miamis and teams that absolutely can fly on offense, I think. Oh, wait, I, where's, where's Caleb on chase on, right? I mean, there's a guy who was a first round pick, you know, mm-hmm. he's been, I mean, you know, he's on the most wanted list. I mean, nobody's seen him forever. But he's still on the team, right? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, what I mean, he was a, they they had a high enough grade on him to draft him in the first round. So the guy must have shown some sort of tremendous ability coming out of college that he has yet to show. I mean, what if he's what if all of a sudden he becomes a kind of a little bit of a different player and gives the Jaguars some other options across the defensive front? I think those are the those are the questions that you got to ask. You know, you can't just outscore everybody. You got you got to eventually stop somebody. Just ask Buffalo. Akiva, I, I do want to play the schedule game here because, uh, you know, as Sam mentioned, their schedule by by AFC standards, it's a it's an easy schedule. By overall standards, it's about an average schedule. By AFC South standards, it's a difficult schedule. Um, and and I and I want to go through with Sam and see how many wins he is he's predicting here for the Jaguars to stack up. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so week one, you guys go into Indianapolis. Uh, you know, you face Anthony Richardson in his debut. You guys have had their number in Jacksonville, even when you know uh, when Jackson was bad and ten- and Indy was good. Um, but what about week one on the road? Do you think the Jaguars are going to win this one? Win. Yep. Okay. And you know, then, I covered then, uh, Anthony Richardson in Florida. You, you never seen a guy at quarterback who's. 6'4", 250, who with a flick of the wrist can throw it 75 yards in the air. The question is, is who's he throwing it to? You know? Right. Yeah. I'd still like but, the week one. I don't, you know, I think that's probably a good time to play. I feel like you'll only get better. So it's not. I, a, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that he was always the sharpest guy in the toolbox. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.